LinkedIn and uh, Facebook um, and the podcast, you'll be like, what's he talking about? Uh, but those who are on Instagram will know that uh, the live stream wasn't working because I had a technical issue. I am now live <laughs> across all platforms, so I'm pleased to be back. Um, welcome to Startup Business Q&A, episode 235. 235. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This week, we're talking about productivity, which is huge because... Although it's really cool talking about things like sales and marketing and business hacks and so on, it also doesn't get us very far uh, unless we have productivity down too. So we really need to sort that part out. I'm thrilled we're doing this. Thank you, a big thank you, in fact, to those on LinkedIn who really showed up this week uh, with the questions. I really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, that was absolutely huge. And um, so we'll be getting into your questions any second. Now, if you're watching this second, uh, do pop into the comments if you're watching part of Team Live or Team Replay. So Masonica Creative Studio on Old Leads as well. Cool name. Uh, uh, thanks for watching as well on Instagram. And I will switch over to see who is watching on the other channels. Uh, just a couple of shout outs coming soon. So I will um, mention those forthwith uh, for what we're working on in the next couple of weeks. There's a couple of really exciting things happening. Selena Davis, good to see you here. Focus for growth as well. Justin, my man, awesome to have you on here. Uh, I hope you're having a good start to, uh, start, start to your week. So are we live? Looks like we're live. That's good. So um, I'm, I, I just have to say for starters, thank you to Restream and Anya, who uh, spent a bit of time with me last week, because many people who are watching this show will know now that I'm partnered with Restream uh, to, to run these live shows. And um, what's interesting is that a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it's great that I can use it for live, but what else? And it transpires for many that, that you can use it for a lot more. So I use my Restream account, just to be clear, for live streaming, but also to record video. And I also use Restream for the podcast. So it, it produces the audio version of what you're listening to, what we're watching right now, that goes into the podcast. And there's a number of other really interesting and valuable features too. So beyond that, we uh, Anya and I spoke last week also about the future of live and video and things like that. And um, so watch out for those in the next week or so. There'll be a couple of vids that come out with Restream and I, a little mini series that will come across all platforms. And you'll be able to see what we're doing uh, with them directly. Um, thank you also to Restream, as, as I say, for continuing to partner with me. And if you are to, uh, are you on, if you're on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn, you will be able to jump in and grab $10 for free in credit. If you want to try it, so you can get a free account, go to reaching.io slash join slash Richard Moore, and you can grab $10 free credit and try it. I don't know how long I'll have this incentive for. So even if you're maybe thinking of doing it in the future, just grab an account now. It makes sense to go do that. And then you've got it. 
In addition, those of you who are in the um, entrepreneur business group of mine on Facebook, where four and a half thousand people are, I've been running this for several years, will know that occasionally I give away a course or books or even like, you know, best comment gets $50 to give away some money. There is a bigger incentive coming out this week. And those of you who are down with making videos, I know so many of you are, uh, Ian Tisk has just joined on Instagram. I know that you are a video man yourself. I'm giving away $150 cash to the best video uh, in a, it has to be under 60 minutes, but don't submit yet because the parameters of this will be coming up very soon. In that group, or on LinkedIn. If you're not a connection to mine on LinkedIn, or you're in the group, you won't be able to access this to win. So it's not $150 of vouchers or like of discounts on a product. It's literally $150 cash I will wire directly to you myself uh, if you are the winning video. So I'm really pumped about doing that. Really excited uh, uh, to be releasing that soon. But you need to be in uh, connected to me on LinkedIn or in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. Literally search Entrepreneur Business Group and you'll see it there. Let's see who is watching right now on LinkedIn. We have Simon Omisori. So he said, he said uh, under 60 minutes or 60 seconds. Did I say 60 minutes? <laughs> the video will need to be under 60 seconds. Certainly not 60 minutes. It would take me too long to review the answers. Sorry if I said minutes. Uh, but do not submit anything yet. Uh, you need to look out for the post in order to be able to uh, access the uh, incentive, okay? Um, good morning to you, Patrick uh, uh, Lemos watching as well. If you're watching right now, let me know where you're watching from and uh, also where, uh, if you're part of hashtag team live or hashtag team replay, uh, I would love to hear from you. We are covering productivity this week. And uh, before I get into the questions, I just wanted to say, this is a episode 235 is like a well, whatever. That's just a number, right? Yes, but 234 last week marked four years, four and a half years rather, of the live weekly show that we're on right now. Four and a half years of this show. Um, so this week begins the march of six months until we hit five years of doing this show. And I know I'm showing up each week, each week, but you lot to do too as well. And we are going in the direction of almost 2,000 questions that have been answered over the years. Thank you so much, everyone, for supporting the videos uh, and the uh, the live streams and, and those, in fact, who watch the replay or listen to the podcast as well. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I would love to hear from you um, if you think we should keep going after five years. be really interested. So probably in the comments if you feel that's important or a good idea uh, I'd love to hear more uh, from you in that respect. Richard Croft, good to see you watching from Minnesota. Thanks for watching. Jay Louise Strickland watching from the UK. Team UK, Jay. Awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. Uh, let's get into the questions. If you have a question on productivity, jump in and answer it right away. Let's start with Laura Bernhard, who's asked through, was it LinkedIn? I think through LinkedIn yesterday. One productivity, when she actually starts with one productivity tip, that I learned from your videos is that laziness is a habit, not a character trait. If we break the habit, you won't be lazy anymore. That completely changed my perspective on what it means to be lazy. And when I started to focus on my habits, everything improved. So all, so all that's to say, a very good topic. Before I get into a question, I'm just going to say thank you for that. And just to clarify, the idea here is that 
I, I'm, I'm not a scientist, I may be wrong, but I genu genuinely believe that those that are productive are productive because they're used to being productive, as well as having great systems and processes and so on. Those that are lazy, inverted commas, or feel like they're the lazy, are lazy because they're in the habit of it. And it goes for anything. So for instance, I just came back, because I'm looking a little fresher because I've just had a shower, I just came back from a run. And to get up and go for a run every day is hard because I've been in that place when I didn't exercise much, unless you're running all the time, or unless you're exercising all the time. So it's the same with everything. If you're used to doing certain things, those things get easier. The first time I ever got up at 5 a.m. to start a day, it broke me. It was so hard to do. I was exhausted. And now I'm like, it's just like, just in the slipstream. So I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Drop into the comments what you think. Do you feel that you that laziness is a habit? So the less you do something, the more momentum in not doing something you get. Conversely, the more you do stuff, the more momentum you get in doing stuff. So I really feel that's the case, personally. I think the more productive and active and action focused you are, the more that translates to you continuing that. You kind of get that real momentum. So I believe it's a habit being lazy as opposed to a character trait. Thank you, Laura, I appreciate that. And your question is, how do you overcome feeling overwhelmed? Well, that's an interesting question because I think the very feeling of being overwhelmed is firstly an emotion, but you should be saying to yourself, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's a really important, a really important start point to say, have I got an awareness that this is actually happening? You can feel overwhelmed and then you can be aware you're feeling overwhelmed. It's a big difference. And that self-awareness is huge. So when you feel by the, by the things you have, conscious that you are, what I think, think is really powerful and say to yourself, okay, well, this is a reaction to all of the things I have in front of me. This is a reaction, like a primal reaction to the stress, possibly having too many things to do. But the only way out of it is action. The out of it is to say, well, what things need to be done and in what order and, and apply your system or process for prioritizing. Begin work sorting out the things that need to be fixed. Because to be aware is to be okay, I acknowledge the awareness. Uh, rather, I acknowledge the feeling or emotion of being overwhelmed. And now I will actively do something about it. If you're not aware, you will allow that feeling of being overwhelmed to you and you will dwell in it. And what happens there is you are put, not deliberately, but you end up putting off doing and fixing the problem because you are embroiled in this issue of, of feeling overwhelmed. It's a, it seems like a subtle difference. It's actually quite a large one, I think. When I'm feeling stressed, I say to myself, there'll be a reason why I'm feeling stressed. And the same person I was on a non-stressy day, I'm feeling stressed because these things are affecting me. So I need to deal with those things and that will have the consequence of diminishing that feeling of stress or whatever. So I think that that's an important mind uh, set to have. And like thinking to yourself, what, what do I, what, first, like the next step is to think to yourself, well, what do I need to do? And I think really sometimes people feel overwhelmed because they have so much on their plate and over horizon. A really important thing to do is look at today and say what's possible today. Also, sometimes we feel a 
we're overwhelmed by other things going on. <clears throat> I know very close friends of mine are being very overwhelmed because of our lockdown here in the UK. You're allowed to hear, leave the house once. That's it for exercise. You're not allowed to meet people. You have to stay home. There's no travel allowed. I can't even drive somewhere to go for a walk. I have to walk in my local area. Uh, we can leave the home for emergency food or medicine. That's it. Or other than once a day for exercise. So it's a hardcore lockdown and people are finding that really difficult. But you can feel overwhelmed by all these things around you. Or you can you can ask yourself, like, well, what, what things do I have influence over? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world that I don't have influence over. And it's easier said than done to say, well, don't feel overwhelmed by those things. But recognize that, you know, there are, there are only certain things you can actually control. And focus on today and focus on your sphere of influence. So your, your two feet of, of influence, as many people say, it's a really important thing to add. I'm not a psychologist and I don't practice this kind of thing for a living. Uh, so there'll be a lot of more equipped people, I'm sure, watching on Instagram, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook who could share. So in the comments, it'd be really interesting to get your two cents on this kind of thing. My, my advice here, Laura, is, is firstly acknowledge what's going on. So have that awareness. I feel this way and it's probably because of these things. Action will fix the problem. The sooner I start, the sooner I, I solve it. And in addition, what can I affect and what can't I affect? So segment in that way. Often for many, uh, they write a list down. For me, I just sit for a second and say, like, what are the things getting to me? What's the biggest thing? Attack that hard and, and, and go to work at the thing that's, that's causing the problem. That, that does help. Um, or it might be a signal. Let's be clear. Sometimes it's not this. Sometimes it's a signal that actually you need to do something about this. You need to outsource. You know, you, you, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed because it's time to get a VA. It's time to get someone to help you with your editing. Like Laura, I know you run a podcast, for instance. So if you're running a podcast and you need, and you're feeling overwhelmed, then perhaps it's like, well, what, where, at what point do I do some outsourcing here, for instance? Or what can I automate and make life, you know, to make life a little easier? So these kind of questions should be asking yourself, perhaps. A hands-on approaches on Instagram is adding surrender to the emotion, acknowledge, breathe, breathe, and then act to create movement towards shifting the energy. Really interesting. Um, surrender to the emotion, I think is my, my take on that, Amy, my view is don't let the emotion take control, uh, but definitely acknowledge it is there. And when you acknowledge it's there and why you have it, it's a chemical reaction ultimately in your body to a certain set of things happening. So then you realize why you feel that way and then you can apply some action to solve the problem ideally. Really good question. And so thank you very much for this. Simon, you're watching from London, part of Team Live. You put on uh, LinkedIn. Rachel, awesome to have you here watching from Detroit. Thank you very much. You submitted a question, didn't you? So I'm going to answer that very soon for you. If anyone has uh, a question on productivity, do throw it in to the comments. I'll happily do my best to answer it for you. Those watching right now, make sure you are connected with me on LinkedIn. So it's linkedin.com slash in slash Richard James Moore, or you need to be, and or I would say, you need to be part of my entrepreneur business group on Facebook. So you go to facebook.com slash group slash entrepreneur business group. The reason why it's important is this week, I'm releasing an incentive for all you video creators or those who want to try video. You'll need to submit a video under 60 seconds. I will be releasing information on what to do soon. The winner will get $150 cash. 
okay so you'll need to follow the parameters to submit your video the winning one will get 150 dollars cash the winning video <clears throat> will be shared probably because it depends on what it is uh next week um on uh one of my accounts uh, so i will share it as well and shout you out too but you'll be getting 150 dollars cash uh, so in advance, uh, make sure you're looking out for those by being on my LinkedIn uh, connections or making sure that you're in the entrepreneur business group over on Facebook. So let's jump in to question number two. I'm actually going to join two questions together. So Ash Lathod and James Perry have both asked a similar question here. Ash has said, great topic, Richard, something I like to talk about a lot. A question to discuss on productivity is how to decide what, what, when to say no, I think is, is what you mean. Uh, what, what to say no, no, you are right, sorry. What, how to decide what to say no to when it all, it all is seemingly important. Sorry for stumbling on that. James Perry has said, Richard, how do you maintain focus on the actual things that actually matter, not procrastinating about with the fluffy things, he says. Both of these questions, uh, in my opinion, we, we really need to... Uh, tap into a sense of how we apply triage or some kind of level of um, uh, prioritization of, of the tasks we've got. So really simply, what I do is I have an approach I've used for many, many years now called the CEL approach. The CEL approach stands for cash flow slash customers, essential, and then lines of work and lines of focus. Cash flow and customer acquisition related tasks get done first, always done first. So if, if, if I have a load of things to do and one involves potentially onboarding or acquiring a customer, that gets done first. They, they are the priority actions. Sales first, maybe it's my upbringing, <laughs> 18 years of working in sales, but money in the door, positive cash flow solves a lot of problems. The second set of things are essential. Now, by definition, you think essential would be first, but what I do is I say everything is essential as in everything's number one importance uh, unless it is um, uh, customer acquisition uh, or cash flow related, so positive cash flow related, in which case uh, that supersedes even essential tasks. Now, anything else, so essential task is like that needs to be done today. And it's not like a manana, manana, leave things till the next day kind of thing, unless it's just for today, but ask yourself like, what could be done, to, what needs to be done today? If I've got a bit of space at the end of that, then it's lines of work and lines of focus. Lines of work are, broadly speaking, what's the thing my company does? And lines of focus are, is, is like more specifically speaking, what's the thing that I'm focusing on right now? What's the kind of area of concern this quarter for me? Things that come, topics that come under those banners, they come further down the list. And what happens really well is that those things that come in, come in the, the last third of, of, um, of tasks you have, when they get to a point where they start getting kind of essential, well, then they pop into the essential bracket and I handle them then. That's a very loose way of organizing the day, but it really works well for me. The other thing I would say is you can, you can start asking yourself, you know, what kind of things am I being asked to do? As well so if it's extra stuff like you know interviews and podcasts and things like that ask just asking yourself is this really going to move the needle it's a really good question to ask yourself i think you should ask it for many things and it's okay to disrupt your routine if it's for something that's going to move the needle 
So for instance, if my routine, which is in the morning is wake up, exercise, write the report on what I'm going to do that day, and then do a number of other things before I do something like um, uh, checking on my mobile, then the urgency in my mind to want to check my mobile to see if or your cell phone or whatever you call it, to, to see if there's any notifications, I shouldn't supersede the routine at all. It's not as important. And I might feel like it's important to check my mobile, but if it's not going to move the needle, then it can, I can say no to it. Almost always, my checking of Instagram stories, as in checking what other people are doing on Instagram stories, almost always isn't going to move the needle. It's a healthy thing to check in on once a day to see what other people are doing. Similarly, almost always checking in on what a group of people have posted on, you know, LinkedIn or more recently, I was on it last night again, like what's being talked about in a room on Clubhouse, for instance, almost always it will not move the needle in terms of stuff that needs to be done. So just ask yourself, is doing this task going to move, like really make a big difference? And so now you can see why I have at the top of the pile things for positive cash flow or or um, customer acquisition, because if I'm going to make four grand on a new client this month, well, it makes sense to do that because that's going to move the needle a hell of a lot more than maybe doing something of lower, lower consequence would. So I'm not making the decision based on how I emotionally feel I should tackle it. So I'll try and articulate that better. Um, if I've got a very alpha forthcoming uh, uh, strident client who's making a demand right now, if it's going to move the needle to fix that problem, then fine, it's something I should be addressing. If it's just to satisfy the fear and panic I have in my, my, my brain that I need to handle this to make this stress go away, that's not moving the needle, that's running for someone else's agenda. If it feels like it will, it's emotionally something that's going to help me feel better, as in a dopamine hit, uh, to check my Instagram stories, well, then that's not good enough a reason. It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to drive my business forward. It's going to satisfy an emotional itch, but it doesn't drive the business forward. So not necessarily. So typically it makes a lot of sense to apply that question Will this genuinely move the needle? If not, then you need to look at the um, different task that does. Um, so hands-on approaches here, you've said, so interesting because I find that sometimes posting on social media creates more customers, figuring out how to place that in the CEL model. Look, it's important. It absolutely is. And I make literally zero outbound um, uh, attempts to do business with people. I, I don't go out and knock on doors cold. The only outbound I do is to warm people who come in to orbit around me as a result of my content. And I think that, you know, that therefore sits in essential. It's essential that I deploy some some content typically each day, not every single day. Um, you know, I put enough out and um, the team creates it. So but I'm very busy. So I can only do at best one one piece of content a day. I could do more, but there's plenty of other things to be doing that move the needle more. So I put it in essential. 
but it comes after uh, further down the list to to leads that are inbound, for instance, Amy. Uh, Euro02 has asked, do you speak Spanish? No, I don't, unfortunately. So I apologize, we can't jump on a call together. Uh, <laughs> or in indeed, you're jumping on this um, this live stream with me, I apologize. I don't speak Spanish, not well enough, at least. I think shouting ole doesn't count as being able to speak Spanish. Um, <laughs> that's about as far as I can get. Um, let's see who else is watching right now. If you're watching live on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Put into the comments if you're watching part of Team Live. So put in hashtag Team Live and where you're watching from. I'm guessing you're, you're in Spain, perhaps. Uh, and if you are watching the replay or listening to the replay, hashtag Team Replay and where you're watching from. Thomas has added a uh, great explanation. Thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, also, we've got uh, Wend Pagnindini. I think I've probably said your name right. It says hi. Good to see you here watching as well. Thank you very much. Shout out to Restream, who are the superstars partnering with me on this live stream. You can get $10 free credit if you go to restream.io slash join slash Richard Moore. It is not just for, for streaming live. A lot of people seem to be asking like, yeah, but I don't live stream. I don't need an account. You can record video and then upload it. So those who do video, it's so much better than using with all love to Zoom, which I use every day and have a pro account on. It's, all, it's so much better quality. Uh, and I download the audio from my, well, my team downloads the audio from my uh, podcast from it as well. So it's far more versatile than just video for live streaming. Uh, so jump in free credit there if you wish uh, uh, you can use it. So next question. Thanks for that, James. Thanks for that, Ash, as well. Uh, Rachel Rick Memensinger, I hope I said your name right. That's one awesome second name. But Rachel has asked, or well, has said firstly, wow, four and a half years. Congratulations. Those just joining right now. Last week was, was episode 234, which is 234 weeks of this, um, which is exactly four and a half years. So we're starting the six-month hike up to five years of consecutive live shows every week. And thank you for tuning in every single week on a Monday. It's amazing that so many people are, uh, show up and ask questions. Rachel says, wow, four and a half years, congrats. Okay, here's my question. I'm learning to produce more in less time by automating some tasks, such as setting up online appointment booking, so the likes of Calendly, digital template contracts, some people have, you know, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, uh, Proposy, or there's like Proposally or something like that, everything has a Lee at the end of it, it seems, um, for uh, templates for, for contracts, conducting virtual consultation via, versus in-person, I told you that was a major game changer, being able to use just Zoom chats, for training rather than going in person to the city. Uh, whilst it's very effective, I say that only for um, particularly premium uh, clients or ones that really require being on the ground. What else can a service business do to streamline business tasks so there is more time and more focus to provide services? I wanna put this out to the floor to start with. All of you, what do you think the answer here is, is in, from your perspective? There's no wrong or right, it's just your perspective. What else can a service business do to streamline businesses, business tasks so there's more time and focus to provide service? Because the bottom line is you need to be doing the work. And if your business is going right, I hope I'd like to think mine is, then almost all your time should be in delivery of the service to the clients. So what this in, in actually the, the answer is in in this description or in this uh, question here, Rachel. And the way it works is you map back 
from all the tasks to see what which ones physically require me on the ground to be doing it. What actually requires me to be doing it. So for instance, this live show, I wouldn't really outsource it because I could get someone else on, but I think what everyone's clear on is that whilst you know the answers might be different for other people, there aren't these answers reflect my opinion on things. And the point is the show is based on my opinion. So helping people with whatever I, I work on each week in these live shows means I'm specifically helping to um, uh, solve people's problems and, and improve uh, business for people. But I can't outsource that because whilst that would save me time, I would then have a different set of answers. So I have to be present for this coaching one on one. People pay premium for me to help them. My focus is I help consultants on LinkedIn get clients. I work on conversion and it's marvelous. There's so many people in my accelerator and talk about our wins. I had someone last uh, on Friday who's already done 70K this and everyone's showing up each week is it? Here's the amount of money. Here's the deals I've done. Here are the leads I've created. It's so wonderful to focus on that. That's the space I'm operating in. And um, I need to be there because they are in that accelerator program for my IP. They're there to learn from me. Can't outsource it. But everything else, pretty much I can. So here's what I look at. I would answer this question first, Rachel. What do you actually have to be present for? As in, technically speaking, it is impossible to do without you there. Not perfectionist based. You kind of want to be there to do graphics or whatever because, you know, you just need to have it just right. No. What do you actually have to be there for? You know, who is paying you specifically to be there? If it's writing an article, for instance, or commenting on on a post or something like that that needs to be you you can't have someone represent your voice and opinion that doesn't work uh, it needs to be you because otherwise you're not being entirely authentic but also you need to ask yourself and this is now about control when it comes to delegating tasks to automation or delegating tasks to people so in upwork or the team or whatever you have to say to yourself who could do a job at least 70% as well as me. And that sounds like I'm allowing uh, a lower standard of work to slip in. 70% of me being, uh, if I if I have, if 100% represents, I'm really happy with that piece of work. Let's say, I don't know, a graphic for um, a live stream such as this. If I did it myself and me doing a good job and feeling like, yeah, that's fine, that will work really well live, that is 100%. If someone could do one at 70%, that is more than enough for the audience to be happy with it. So that's what I would say. If someone's unable to, to achieve that, then they, they shouldn't be delegated the task. And that's why I've the team is growing all the time. I onboarded another person about a week or so ago. You know, I could produce carousels, the slide decks that are going out uh, on my platforms, but I need to be on the ground to do closing of sales and delivery of consulting. So I have someone who looks after that. I could, I'm telling you now, it takes 10 minutes, because I, I remember I got really slick at it, 10 minutes to go from this live stream to a fully uploaded podcast. I had everything organized, I uploaded it with the, the, the thumbnail was sorted, I had, I could add the intro to it super quick, I was really quick at it, but it's time saved um, that someone else can do. Okay, so 
someone working with the content that's being produced, written by me um, for Instagram, it takes me a few minutes to go onto Instagram, and post a story, uh, sorry, post a video with that content. And then I have to spend a bit of time researching hashtags and so on. Paying someone to do that has made a big difference as well. The big saver of time is video because I'm pretty fairly video heavy in terms of my content led approach. That has been a massive amount of time saved um, because I've had some, I've got someone who does that and so on. So, you know, I have an accountant and then there's very soon going to be a finance person who looks after that interaction too, because it's important to have a handle on your finances, but to not be doing them all because you don't have that time. So the question again is, Firstly, do I have to technically be present? Otherwise, it cannot be done at all. If the answer is no, then the then the question for yourself is, can I find a system or a person, so automation or delegation, that can, that can deliver at 70% or above of the quality or output that I'm able to do? Because if I can do that, then that, that needs to be delegated. So that's how I do it. I would love to see what other people have to say about this really interesting uh, topic area. There's some people who focus specifically on this kind of thing. Uh, so it'd be interesting to hear from you. Uh, Ilya, I think over in Canada, if I remember right, has a great explanation and push for those using so social media on a daily basis. Totally. You don't need to be on social media all the time. To, even to build a following, I'm, I'm doing fine on my followings and I'm converting really well and I'm not there all the time. I have specific sets of time in the day right, that I'm deployed, deploy, deploying on specifically particular tasks, such as a post, then I close the window, or like showing up for my post and engaging with people and commenting, then closing the window, or showing up for 20 minutes to engage with people for a number of comments, then close the window. And every single, single time I have a set time to do it, a set time to stop doing, which is crucial to have a deadline for yourself to end, and then I close the window and do something else. Rather than being dragged in and sucked into an algorithmically led decision making um, process, which is basically some system deciding for me what I should be doing next. So look at this, now look at this, now look at this. It's really quite exhilarating. I, I urge you to try it, to, to do the task, then close the window. It makes you feel like you've got a lot of control. Uh, it really makes a big difference. Uh, great question there, CT Culp has asked more of a comment than, a, or said more than a comment than a question, Richard. But one thing I've noticed recently is I've had, I'll have trouble getting started with XYZ task. But then I, once I get a few minutes into it, I get into flow, I'm golden. I'm sure there's a technical term for it, lol, <laughs> just my two cents. It's a really good point. Uh, there's an amazing book called Flow um, and Mikhaili's something beginning with C, a very long name, uh, wrote this a number of years ago. But I think the science says that you, if you want to get into flow, which is this state where just everything seems like effortless enough, you're being creative, you can, you know, it's all, it's all moving basically. Uh, you're really feeling productive and you're getting into things. The state of flow, it seems, starts to happen after 20 minutes of distractionless focus on a particular task. Now, the belief is that instance, I need to write an article and that's going to take me maybe an hour or so to write, really think about. And there's a lot I have to produce a few pages as an example. Then the, the, feel, the belief is that 20 minutes, I will really struggle. My brain will struggle to kind of 
tickets stay on task. I'll be looking for it. The phone should be out of the room or face down, for instance, but it will massively be uh, the case that I'm looking for exits. However, if you take that phone out of the equation, if you take any kind of, um, uh, if you take kind of anything that could pull you away from the tech and fight through this speed bump of 20 minutes, start moving into this kind of flow. It works for everything, in fact, not just work. Like I said, I went, went for a run day. I was, I was under half of a minute time I was trying to do which really was annoying but that's a separate issue <laughs> but I, it was even that like the first 10 to 20 minutes or so I was like your body's kind of sorting itself out and it's actually a bit of a it's not a struggle but it's like it's not entirely relaxed and after a while your body gets into it and you just kind of you get in the zone if you like and so flow really is there this thing is a writer's block you just have to del you have to write and like I remember when I wrote my thesis um, for my master's I never experienced writer's block ever. The reason why is because I learned from someone at the time who was doing his PhD. He said, what you need to do is touch every day, touch the work every day. So the way to get into this flow is he said, write utter rubbish, write nonsense. Like I'm writing, this is useless. I usually have to do this to get myself going, keep writing out the first few paragraphs even start halfway through the chapter you're writing. But what happens is after a while you start getting in the zone, read what you've done maybe the day before and start writing. But the act of writing starts getting, getting moving. And after say 20 minutes or so, you really move to that place where you're very much more in flow. So it's a thing you have to push through. And I love this statement, CT, uh, uh, the comment, because it, it represents what, what most people don't, that there's this, um, entitlement or arrogance or whatever that they should get results right away and when it doesn't happen they just give up on it like most things you have to work at it so if you want to get into flow the short version is try it and see what happens then because what happens is you do stick it out you tend to move into uh the right space with it there's uh there's a dude called joey i don't know if it's his second name lives in canada and he has a youtube channel called better ideas and he did a video on this i think he called it uh, about kind of getting into flow on, on, the, on productivity. It was a really good point. So really uh, uh, awesome question up there. Daniel Nunes actually asked me, I think it was in the book group, um, actually, can you address this on, to, on today's Q&A? Tips for newbies or for those starting over from scratch? This is on a post I from a business group. Uh, first time ever in the US, over 800,000 um, new businesses, as in a startup that has existed under 12 months. This is the first time ever it's gone through 800,000 in 2020. So tw in 2020, there's 800,000 businesses plus, or I think it was 800 and something thousand in the US that were under a year old. Here in the UK, as well, it's like 84,000, so considerably. Um, and most countries are finding the same. So what this represents is a huge appetite for people to start their own businesses and so he's asking them what advice is it's a huge question of course um patience but is on getting out there and so so patience because things do take time but be that you need to get action you need to like the number one thing is getting sales in the door or getting some pre-sales in the door uh, with new products in like typically what i do is i make sure that i'm getting 
even pre-sales before the product is made some kind of product you can get out there or some concept or something that you can get so that people are able to start putting money in the company is essential and massive massive amount of disproportionate focus on action over plans planning is wise and you need to be aware that you know certain have a sense of the environment you're operating in and so on but massively focusing on business plans is an act planning an over plan business plans and so on as a, at a very uh, for a startup unless you're a particular type of business an exception is a huge demonstration of what i call positive procrastination writing a business plan in two weeks time is going to be completely irrelevant because things change so much is a way in which you allow yourself just like starting a new social media account or maybe spending too much time on Clubhouse, right? Or building a new website, new logo, all, all this kind of stuff. All this is doing is making you good about not getting out there and courting an audience and trying to sell your product. Because what you're doing is you're doing things that are relevant. So it feels like you're making positive progress. And of course, all that's useful and relevant to the business it's not the highest priority what's important is that you deploy on action towards getting yourself because unless you have any oxygen in the form of cash flow your business is in huge trouble and no flashy business cards or bureaus or well-designed website without sales is going to get a business running it needs to be the other way around at least in terms of price I'm not saying you don't have to build a website or you don't have to have a logo and so on i'm saying there's priorities don't let it be a form of feeling good and through positive progress focus very much on the things that matter which is really about cash flowing and customer acquisition that's huge over the planning so many people scroll and they ruin their businesses and they don't even take off because they spend so much time polishing and not enough time getting out which is the name of the game you know so really interesting uh, great that we're we've kind of traversed uh, the space of, of um uh, productivity in different ways today thank you so much everyone for joining in i do want to do that for a couple of things firstly make sure you are in the entrepreneur business search for it on facebook and join the 150 dollar cash incentive going out uh sorry not today this week rather for those who want to build a video, it'll be under 60 seconds. I will give you the details either in that group or on my LinkedIn profile. I'll be releasing that information later this week. The winning um, video will get $150 cash. It will not be in vouchers or anything like that. It will be in money. I will be wiring it directly to you. So keep your eyes peeled. If you want to test, if you, if you want to like download um, audio, if you want to record video, if you want to go live and live stream, then you make use of the free $10 credit uh, that you get with me through Restream. So you can register for a free account, restream.io slash join slash rich re and you get automatically added $10 free credit. Like I said earlier, I don't know how long this incentive lasts for or will go on for. So it makes sense to grab a free account now and add that 10 credit so you can use it whenever you want um so if you can get a chance to do that thank you to restream as well for being awesome partners with me and thank you to everyone here this is the beginning of that final six months before we hit 
five years. I would love to hear from you in the comments if you feel we should continue after the five years. Uh, why not? I think that'd be kind of cool to do. And thank you, those of you who know who you are, who have been watching since the very beginning. I'm really, really touched that you've uh, decided to spend your Monday mornings with us in this way. So thanks everyone for watching. Have an amazing Monday and a great last week of January. Hope you have a productive one and I will see you all soon. Take care. See you later on Instagram and I'll see you soon at Facebook and LinkedIn.